Hello, it's us again, the Good Darts Podcast, the lowest quality podcast about the highest quality sport, brought to you by our friends at Low Six, the guys behind the PDC Picks app. We are back after the latest Super Series. We've got an in-depth chat with one of the newest members of the PDC Tour in Jack Main, and we'll have a glance towards the Premier League as well, but nothing more than a glance because we'll look at it more in depth next week. Wayne Mardle is here with me, Dan Dawson. Uh, Wayne, it is, as always, something approaching a pleasure to have you virtually alongside me once again. (laughs) Hi, Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. You? Yeah, I'm in good fettle, you know. I, I think yeah. it's because, like, I, I don't know, a, a day, a, well, a, a week, if you like, of work is is going to be upon me soon in, like, sort of 10 days. I've done absolutely nothing apart from eat, drink, sit out in the garden, play with the puppies. Apart from that, I've done nothing. I need to work, Dan. I yeah. need... I need interaction with another human being that is not my wife. I've had enough of her. <laughs> she, enough! She needs I that as you. well. She needs that more <laughs> than you know. Uh, the book's out now, isn't it? Is the book out? No, no, no not yet. Oh, no, oh, so, no so May the 20th. It. May oh, the 20th. Oh, we, we're rapidly oh, approaching. Because I'm, I'm, I'm narrating the audio book. Mm. How are you doing yeah. that? Do you have to go into a studio for that or do that you just do it on your phone at home? No, no, I have to go to a to a professional studio, which I will do uh, middle of next month. Oh, okay. Have you have you been so, working on your narrating voice? Because it's got it's quite a tone, this, isn't what? it? It's going to be quite a lot of reading. Yeah, I've never done it. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, mm. I don't know if it's. I don't know after about two hours or or ten minutes, they'll give it. I know you speak for a living, commentating, but this is not going to work. And yeah. if they were to say that, it's like, look, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's horses for courses. And whether I'd be any good at it, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm know. just, I mean, I'm, who's, who's that? Have you got a director? Are they going to be telling you just just a little yeah. more oomph, Wayne? A little more oomph. Could you, no, you know, I, the little story about Cliff Lazarenko? Could you just give it a little bit, a bit of vim? <laughs> yeah, that's like, I'm, it's a bit like Toast of London. It'll be amazing. You know, just keep having to say the same word over and over again until it loses all meaning. Yeah, uh, apparently there's kind of uh, like formats that you kind of stick to, and it's you, it's not in the book format that that I'll be reading. So it, even though it will come across like that when you, when you listen to it, mm-hmm. uh, it's set out as as just kind of plain text. Then I'll read a line or a paragraph, and then stop, and then right next paragraph, Wayne. Yeah, okay, okay, right, ready, yeah. Right, great, great, and then we start. They're so just going to get you to read two every days word in the dictionary, and then they can just paste it all together. We've got all the words; we'll paste it all together. Yeah, exactly. From that. Yeah, it would be fine. Yeah, what they should do. Yeah, yeah. I'll just read out the alphabet, and then yeah. it's done. Yeah, that's fine. Like because you've obviously you've written it, but you've written it with the help of some. Because I've read a few darts books. I've read. Yeah. Uh, I've read Eric Bristow's, uh, even though he spent a, a great deal of his time just uh, moaning about Rod Hull and how he'd he basically called him a pervert yeah. for assaulting people with emu. And apparently he was still banging on about that yeah. when he's in the jungle a few years later. Um, but you know Phil Taylor's, did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil Taylor's was staying power. A year in the life of Phil Taylor. I remember I googled this earlier on, uh, and just to remind myself of the stuff that in it that was in it. Um, <laughs> It includes lines such as, this is this genuine verbatim quote, look, I've got nothing against Snap's monster number one hit, The Power, from 1990. Right? Nobody has ever said that, or indeed written that. 
But that is exa- verbatim one of the. Li- have you got any lines like that verbatim. in yours? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I hope you got those exact words in that exact order. Do you know? Do you know what? There, there's probably absolute uh, nonsense in there where you'll read it as as a one-off line, and it's like, what on earth? But no, no, no none spring to mind. None I'm of sure that. there's okay. hundreds. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure what, there's there's. Can you give us some little? Uh, I want a good darts podcast exclusive. Like if if I was doing it for the the Phil Taylor staying power book. I could chuck out such nuggets as Adrian Lewis once had a goldfish named after journeyman footballer Paul Pesky Solido. That's that's a little nugget right. uh, that came from that. Well, also, I... if you read that book, and I'm not going to give it yeah. away because it is a very exciting piece of information that I feel would be you know just doing Amazon out of their two ninety nine or whatever. Um, yeah, you get to find out which is Phil the Power Taylor, the record breaking, history making, sixteen time champion of the world. Which is his favourite motorway services? That's a, that's a genuine little nugget there. Right. right from that book. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll furnish you, mm. just you, yeah, just you, with, with with the odd nugget, with the odd nugget, and you, our listen, our listeners will, will know more than anyone mm-hmm. uh, prior to release of the book on on uh, May the twentieth uh, via audiobook or, or hardback, of course, uh, via Amazon, or you can get it get it straight from uh, from Penguin Random House if you like. <laughs> I actually have a goldfish, Dan. I have a couple. Right, you got a couple. Right, I've got I've got three now. Did have four, but uh, the double top died. Uh, I've I'm left with three. One of them one of them is called sixty. <laughs> I have one. I have one called the big fish, which of course <laughs> is he the biggest um, fish of the of the lot. It is the big fish, and right, the other okay, one that, is yeah. MVG. The other one's MVG. Wow. Wow. See, for a man who has literally nothing up in his house, so you wouldn't know you were a dart player, naming all of your goldfish uh, in darts terms, I'm, I'm quite impressed with that. Uh, although... Well, it, it, the big fish was the first one, so right, we kind okay. of then carried, the, carried it on. Like Sherlock and Watson. Yeah, okay, you've got a theme and you're running with it. Um, yeah. Let's. Shall we talk Super Series? Because that's the most recent darts action we've had. Uh, we had yeah. PDC picks available for it as well. So, I mean, we'll go. We'll go through our selections of it, and we'll see if it was any use listening to Wayne Mardle or Dan Dawson if you're doing the PDC picks app, uh, looking to win cash money and free to enter tournaments. Um, the wins were for Brendan Dolan, who's playing brilliantly, Gerwin Price, uh, Johnny yes. Clayton again, and then Peter Snake Mike Wright. Wright and Price are back, Wayne. MVG didn't even bother showing up. Luke Humphreys made his first final in a Pro Tour event quickly after making his UK Open yeah. final. Um, ten events yeah. this year, though, since the World Championship. Eight Pro Tours, the UK Open and the Masters. Clayton has reached the final of half of those events. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the best players in the world, right and Price winning immediately, you just think, oh, okay, well, they're, they're back, to, back to business. MVG, you can't say that, yeah? He hasn't won a title since... Um, yeah, well, for a long while now, uh, since the Players' Championship November. finals. Yeah, yeah, Players' Championship. Yeah, but Clayton is right up there going into the Premier League, isn't he? He must feel like anything is winnable, and this is not. I'm not saying the others have, have come down levels, even though let's be fair, I, I, I think they have. I, I, I do think they have. But Johnny Clayton is playing the darts of his life. He's is winning uh, these tough games, and it comes to a last leg, and you're thinking he'll hold it together. He's he's not he's not afraid of winning now, is he? 
Mm. He's not afraid. And, and once you're over that and you win time and time again, especially in short succession, doing uh, look, it, he must think that the Premier League is starting just at the right time for him. It, it couldn't be coming coming round uh, at a better time. He must fancy it. He must yeah. think, do you know what? Night after night, rather than week after week, where your form can really come and go, can't it? It, it mm. can, it can kind of, it can peak and trough in in look, wildly. He must be thinking, this is this is a piece of me. This is, I've, I've beat them all before. Why can't I beat them again? Yeah, and beaten them very recently. He he has been absolutely yeah. superb. Um, we we had a little competition yeah. between ourselves, Wayne. Not sure if you recall it. Yeah, it's a long while ago now. It's like a week and a half ago. Um, where we picked yeah. uh, little teams of. Did four. I write anything down? I can't remember. Well, it's all right because I've written everything down for you here, Wayne. So don't you worry. I'll talk oh, you through you? it. Thanks so player that. from the top sixteen, player from the top thirty-two, player from the top sixty-four, and then a player from beyond that. Ten points if you won a title on the day. Seven for the final. Five for the semis, and three for the quarters. Now, let, let's let's start with your lowest. Hit. Scott Waits, you know, world champion, Grand Slam yeah. champion, uh, dangerous player. Yeah. Had one last sixteen and then first and second round exits. No points for him. Yeah, uh, you in no. a in a remarkable effort to uh, try and create some cross promotion with other online darts brands. You backed Matt Edgar uh, for the second super series. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, but hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on. The only reason I backed Matt Edgar, if I remember rightly, was because. Champagne had had gotten me drunk. There, there was some champagne involved. Yeah, there was some champagne involved. Um, not so much for the Edgar, uh, who uh, went out in round one, round two, round one, and round two over the four days. No points for him. Big Devon looked like he was playing some good stuff again, and he had a last sixteen yeah. run, but that's as good as it got. No points for him. Yeah. Um, do yeah. he seems like he's moving in the right direction though? I would think though, Devon. He is, but it. I don't want to be over, overly harsh on him, but uh, what we seem to do as as adults and, and human beings is revert back to what we know, and and that's what he's doing in his in his action just a little. He he knows what he's doing wrong, but sometimes you just can't stop it, hmm. and which is why he's not as he's not as consistent as he as he was maybe. Maybe this time last year, maybe even four or five months ago, uh, but he's he knows what he's got to do, and I think he put it put it right again. Yeah, he seems to be moving in the right direction, but not quite quickly enough. And of course, the problem he's got at the minute is we've yeah. got no com- confirmation of Super Series stuff next month because it was supposed to be in Germany, and they're not able to do that. So we're not quite sure when most of these lads who aren't in Premier League action are going to be playing again. So we're going to have to wait and see. Right. You did, however, pick Christoph Ratajski. As your man from the top 16, he had a third round exit on the first day, then back-to-back first round losses before reaching the quarterfinals on the final day to yeah. earn you a grand total of three points, Wayne. Three from four players over that four is days. excellent. Is it? Is it? Well, at the minute, you're in the lead. At the minute, you are in the lead, Wayne. Uh, because I had Kim Hybrex and he didn't get past round three. I had Max Hop yeah. and... He, round th- first day, round three, playing some really good stuff, lost to Joe Cullen, who was playing magnificent, Cullen for 111 average, and it seemed to break Max, and he didn't win another game for the rest of the week. Um, I had he Martin Schindler, though. He stinkers, didn't he? Mm, he well, did. Hop, Hop went to 
Pot, didn't he? I don't, I don't get it. Don't get it. No, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm due to speak to him as well, and it's, it is a strange one, and I know he knows it. He, he knows he's in a transitionary phase of his career, um, but it's, right. it's so strange because he's so. It, it's either brilliant or it's just poor, and yes. it's that's no way to be successful. Um, no. You know, you can you can get a bit lucky and job through with some eighty odd, ninety averages. And go on little runs and pick up chunks of ranking money if you're just sort of hovering around there. But if you're 105, 105, 80, then you're not going to yeah. get through that game with an 80 average unless something astonishing That's right. happens. That's right. um, yeah. And it's happened to you in the middle of games as well. I did have the other German, though, or one of the other Germans in Martin Schindler, who reached a quarter final on the final day to get me to that three point Ooh. mark. So the only thing yes. that separates you and me, Wayne, in the team is my other team member. Who was going, Price? He was runner-up in one of them. He won the other one. He picked up 17 points, Wayne, because Gerwin Price is back. I doubted him. I was worried about him, I have to say. He was dreadful in the first Super Series. He was okay in the Masters and the UK Open, but not the dominant force that we'd seen in the months before. But he's convinced me, as has Peter Wright, to be honest, that he's back and he's back to his normal self. Are you convinced? Yes, Yes, I am. Uh, I wasn't convinced when I heard that he he put some Instagram post up, uh, mm. Gerwin, about the day before, about kind I think. of, yeah, yeah, the day before he, he he made the final. Was it was it that one? I think it's the day before he won. Actually, he went out in the last sixteen. Day before he won it, day, okay, and then won on day yeah. two. And he he posted, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm." Lacking the motivation, it's difficult to get up for these events. Now, I know, yeah. and he's one of the players who says, oh, there's no crowd, it's not the same. These are proto events anyway. And even last year, he was still brilliant behind closed doors. He was, you know, he was superb yeah. at the World Championship. He was absolutely magnificent, yeah. whether they had fans there or not. So I'm not really sure I'm buying the whole, it's difficult to get motivated. It's just it's just a convenient thing to say if you don't win. And Gerwin Price is used to winning, has been for a long while. Yes, there is something that's changed though. Dan, he's reached the 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 pinnacle of the sport by being world champion, world number one. I think he might be missing out on that that just being announced kind of. I, I know pro tours, you're not. I know that. I get that. But he knows that that the crowd are not going to be there for for the Premier League and uh, no crowd at the at the UK Open. A bit like Peter Wright last year. Hmm. He got very little. I think they're missing out. I think they're missing out. I really do. I've said it before and I I feel for them. I I, I feel for the pair of them. They're world champions. That will never be taken away from them. But the feeling that they get will be, oh, what a time to win it. Well, couldn't I win it on another year? Well, I mean, just go and win it again. Win it again this year when the fans will be allowed back hopefully next year or whatever that's that's the answer isn't it i mean sports sport is about adapting adapting to whatever situation you find yourself in the ones who adapt best are the ones who'll be more successful and you know i know that there there's there's a school of thinking out there that and we've discussed it before that oh well without fans it's different isn't it and so you're going to see these sort of strange new first time winners be that glenn durant dimitri vanovic i don't really buy it and even if there is even if it is very very different and it's a completely different set of demands on the players 
I think it's yeah. whoever adapts to it and overcomes, and therefore you do deserve it. It's not a case of oh, it's a it's a soft title or it's it doesn't mean as much. It means just as much. It's just that you've won it in slightly different circumstances. It would be the same if you won yeah. it in a different you know they staged it in different country or different types of fans or even if it was just different circumstances going on in your own personal life at the time. It's going to be yeah. different demands on you as a player, but it's still the same title and the same prize money, etc. Well, I agree. And I remember uh, watching match play from home and Price and Aspinall, Van Gerwen, they were all kind of, they played dreadfully, but they all mm. give it, this This is really difficult. This is really hard. And I don't like it. They all said, I don't like it. And then just six months later, Price is the, is the world champion, world number one. Yeah, he, he didn't like it. But like you said, you, you adapt and you, you get on with it. Yeah, and of all and the players, of all the players that have have succeeded, maybe he would have been at the bottom of the list of, of say the top eight, top sixteen. But he's good enough when he's playing well, and he's good enough when he's not playing well. That's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, not just the world champion of world number one is he? he's a world Grand Prix champion. He's he's done it repeatedly. It's not just he's had a good couple of weeks at Ali Pali. He's been doing it over and over and over again. It looks like well, that's he's how, back. That's how successful he's been, Dan. That you don't I don't even mention the Grand Prix because Yeah, it, it exactly. Kind you forget of, about it, don't you? It kind of doesn't matter now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just another one of his big titles that he's won: World Series, right. Darts Finals, World Grand Prix, two-time Grand Slam, and the World Championship, yeah. of course. And I think there's probably more, and the World Cup. Forget about that. I mean, this is a big old haul. I mean, you look at that. And I mean, just yeah, yeah. I mean, World Championship, uh, World Grand Prix, and two Grand Slams. Now that's as many major individual titles that Adrian Lewis has won in his entire career. I was just going to say, Adrian. And, you know, yep. it looks like Adrian, you know, Adrian's got a fight on to add to his tally. Well, Gerwin Price, you're expecting yep. him to add to it over the, the course of it. He will. Seen, he will. I've not seen the odds, but I quite fancy him for the Premier League, to be honest, having seen him at the, the Super what? Series. I think he's back. Um, and I'm not sure there's plenty of other players I don't fancy, but we'll get to that um, at another time. Because let's go to our interview now. Um, it's... Basically, a new tour card holder who's got a fascinating tale of determination to to get to where he is on the PDC circuit for the first time in his career. It has not been an easy path, but it has been an interesting one. It's Jack May. These are the questions that you should be asking. It's only at Q School this year where I actually chatted to you. I had no idea that football was your first love and not darts. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, football basically was my life from a young age. Like, if you see baby pictures of me, there's just me with a football. I probably cried, and my my mum tells me all the time I could just cried unless I had a football at my feet. And um, yeah, that was I just grew up, grew up playing football, and probably kept me off the streets, kept me away from a lot of trouble. And back then, yeah, it progressed from there. It's, so where was that? Where were you growing up at the time? Northampton or in Wellingborough, which is in Northamptonshire, and that's my hometown. Turns out you're pretty good at football. So how how far were you going in the sport? Yeah, I I done well when I was a youngster. At first, when I first went to the first uh, first team I ever played for, I just stood there like a little gnome. Like I was I was a nervous wreck. I didn't really know what to do. But as I was progressing, the family love for it is when I moved. It was it wasn't until I moved up to Norwich where. I really excelled and I was there. I was at, I was in Norwich for about a year and a half, and 
then I signed from Norwich City and that's where it all stemmed from us. So who's your football team then? You're Northampton or you're Norwich or who is oh, it? I'm, la- I'm an actual Arsenal fan. Oh, of course you're an Arsenal fan. I hate to admit it. For hate what reason? It. What possible reason? This is going to sound ridiculous as well. I, um, when, I was a, when I was a kid, I had a pair of United socks. So I was a Man United fan. This so is just had a United. disgusting. But then um, <laughs> I got given an Arsenal hat. <laughs> and that was it. That, that, that was my team. That then, beat socks. Yeah. I, I had a Man United pair of socks and then got given an Arsenal hat and I stuck with Arsenal ever since so I hate to admit it now but I don't know just some, then, somebody gets great. you a scarf it could be a new team <laughs> you just keep buying you bits of clothing um, how did that progress then because you genuinely thought that that could be your job being a footballer didn't you yeah I, like I say I, I, I had so I was, I was a very confident footballer I was just like I, I didn't care who was in front of me I was I, was, I thought that was my world like, I analysed everything I looked up everything I was reading of all the top players and time was I've done everything I could to replicate myself on the top pros and then um, when I signed for Norwich obviously when you sign your contract you're like I've almost made it like I know I was only I think I was 13 14 so what what was the injury and when did that happen I snapped my kneecap in three places and that would be I keep getting the years wrong now I think I was 19 when it happened did you know immediately that's going to be the end of any football hopes. No, um, again, it's just like at the time I was playing for lower stuffs and um, I was pushing for the well, basically on the verge of first team. I was I spent the season with their their first team, um, went to one of their cup games as a sub, and yeah, they they liked what they saw, and um, yeah, when I played my last three games and it was I lasted forty five minutes, thirty minutes, and one run just 15 minutes and my leg just gave way and it was just like physio turned around to me because it was strapping me up an hour before the game from ankle to basically my um, groin and he was like Jack I can't, I can't, you can't carry on like this like it's getting ridiculous and um, he said you're not playing until you've been to the hospital so I went to the hospital and then had my scans had my MRI scan and it come back that three cracks in my kneecap going one going down two going into it so when that come back, I, I remember going home and it was just like, wow, like, I've been through all this pain, but people don't realise I was going to the doctors for three years and they're just saying it's growing pains. So it's just like being naive and obviously seeing what your own goal is, is you, you carry on, you go through the pain, the pain then becomes natural, you, it, the swelling becomes natural, you do what you've got to do, ice it and whatever. And then I remember going home after the, getting the results from the MRI scan and then taking the dog for a walk and I was thinking, oh, this ain't going to stop me. It's, <laughs> it'll, grow, it'll grow back or it'll mould back together. And um, I remember kicking the ball for the boy and that was it. I just hear this pop. And as I stepped down, my leg just gave way again. I looked down, it was basically a bent leg. And as I straightened it, you could just see the three bits of kneecap just split. Ooh. And then... You're, just, you're still you don't want to believe it but you know it's over like they, the surgeon actually said to me if it, if that goes again they're going to have to put a whole new kneecap in and that in itself like is, you, you then come to terms like it's actually worse than what I believe it is and yeah it's, it, it, it's really hard to take like but it's, you have to take take what you can out of it and move that determination motivation everything that I had for football into that so it's that's got me here, funny enough. Well, is it fair to say that you only sat here on the PDC professional circuit because your knee exploded and it stopped you playing football? 
Yeah, like I say, I, I think if it, I think one door closes, another one opens. That's that's my mentality. Is like there's everything happens for a reason, and when it happened, did I know the reason? Pfft, no. If anything, I was I was kicking myself. I was kicking everyone else. I was just like shot to bits over it. But then now I look back, I think yeah, maybe that door was closed for this door. And I remember obviously being on my leg brace. I actually put a dart dartboard up because I couldn't lay in bed. I just couldn't. I couldn't sit still. Don't like watching TV. I don't like not doing anything. So that's that's how it all started. And as I remember at the time, it was actually the BDO finals was on or whatever was on, and I was just watching them. And I was like, just I just like like the sport in general. I was like, actually, I'll give this a go. But again, I was still trying to come back to playing football. Like that was just a pastime. That was so pastime. How, how many years ago is that? And, and you literally not really played darts until you bust your knee. You only put it up because you put it up in your room because you couldn't really do much else. Yeah, no. Uh, like my brother took up darts for whatever reason. I don't actually know what reason he took up darts. Of my mum, it's the best game in the world, Jack. <laughs> well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> he um he I remember as a young kid, my mum's mum had a dartboard and in the um, living room or dining room or whatever but it, that didn't really cause any interest to me as obviously again football but then when we moved up to Norwich my brother got involved with some mates that liked darts and liked the social of it and my brother got a dartboard for his birthday and he I used to have a throw with him just throwing darts at the bullseye for a pound each like that was, and um, that was about as much fun as it got for me and then um as time went on and obviously I did start playing as I remember coming out of a, my um, cast and that and then uh, the UK Open qualifiers were there so I went to that and ended up in the last 32 I think it was and someone come up to me and go you, you you need to take this serious how long have you been playing at that point when you when you gave it a go at the UK Open qualifiers about six months to a year so probably not even that you've got pretty good yeah. pretty quickly though no, it, I, I wouldn't say pretty quickly. I, again, people don't see it's like how I was when I was playing football. People don't see what I, I was doing behind closed doors. I'm perfectionist at the end of the day. I, do, I don't like people. I don't like thinking someone's working harder than me. So, in in my spare time, it's like, well, if I'm sleeping, someone else is working. So that, that was my mindset. I was like, nah, I'm gonna put that extra hour in that extra ten minutes. I'll do that extra routine. It's the same when I was playing football or in the gym. If someone's doing. 10 reps I want to do 15 reps if someone's doing a 10 mile run I want to do a 20 mile run like that was that was always my mentality and it was the same in darts if I see a 180 on TV I want to hit two 180s if I see a 140 I want to hit higher than that I was, I was playing high score someone on the TV that probably didn't even know I was playing it with them, you know <laughs> so that's where it stemmed from is that 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 desire of actually I want to be there because you're working as well at the same time you're working now aren't you but you're a bricklayer but I mean is it did you just go straight into sort of construction and bricklaying when you got laid off by Norwich? How how did you end up in this sort of industry? No, again, that's a, that's a like I've always I've always tried working. I've always been a bit of a wheeler and dealer. I've always I've, from a young age I was, used to clean cars. I used to clean people's bins. I used to lie about my age just to get a paper round and get some money in my pocket. I've done I've done a fair few things to cleaning lorries, to data handling, to tele sales. To I've done. Um, I worked at KFC, which everyone laughs at, but that's probably one of the better jobs of what I've ever done. It's more of a laugh more than anything. It wasn't really a job. You're getting paid to have a laugh with your mates. And then I went into I went to a house party one time. And the 
father of two of his um, party was at, he said, uh, do you want a job? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the job, I'll do whatever. <laughs> he offered me more than what I was on, and then um, he go, yeah, I'll see you on Monday morning at this time. I was like, yeah, yeah, And I've stayed on site ever since. Fair really play, weird. fair play. Um, Darren Webster's been something of a mentor to you in this game, hasn't he? It was, it was, did you get on the tour ahead of when you planned to get on the tour? Because you, you kind of set it out as a schedule, didn't you? You only gave yourself five years to get, get a PDC tour card. Yeah, so in anything in life, I always have those little goals and then you get your end goal. And um, when I first started playing darts and said to myself, yeah, I'm taking it serious. I'll, and people, I, I didn't do the whole pub dart scene. I didn't do the Super League, didn't do County. There was no interest to me. It's like, it just seems like it's, everyone's there for a jolly up. Uh, to me, I, was, I, I wanted to earn money. Like, <laughs> you see money signs and you're thinking, yeah, I want a bit of that. And obviously playing competitive darts, you you like, oh, I love the competitiveness, obviously through my football nature and that. And obviously when you pick up a bit of money, you're like, oh, brilliant. And then um, I remember going to a competition uh, and I played Darren. Again, didn't really know nothing about darts, didn't really know many players. But then I, I remember going three or four nil up against Darren Webster in a competition. And I looked back around and there was loads of people just walking over to come and watch it. I was like, what's, what's going on? And then he beat me and he, he, he shook my hand and said, well played, mate, and walked off. And then people were saying, oh, do you know who that was? I was like, no, not really. It's just another game. I'm out now. I'm going home. So anyway, that, I think it was two nights later, I got a message off him saying, uh, be around my house at this time. I was like, Jesus. Like, I'm taking that every day of the week. I, I took every opportunity I did in darts, uh, in football, sorry. So why wouldn't I take it in darts? So um, I remember going around his house. So I knocked on his door and it's I was like a little school kid, like bloody hell, going to a, to a lesson. It was like no, I was a nervous wreck, I think. And um, I went through his house, went into his darts conservatory, and that. And he sat me down, spoke to me, and said, "Oh, let's see how you get on." I was like, "Yeah, no worries." And we practiced, and he said to me, "I'll see you tomorrow." I said, "All right." And he said, "Same time." I said, "Okay." And then I went round there again, and um, obviously practiced again with him. And he said, "I'll see you tomorrow." No, no, the, the tomorrow's never come. Like, it's just like, he didn't say it anymore. I, we, it, it was almost like, right, this is an everyday thing now. So I, obviously I'd, I'd done that and he said, have you ever thought about going on development tour or doing this or doing Q school and challenge tour? I said, didn't even know anything about it. Like, I said, what's that? And then um, I got involved on that and um, I think it was about a year. I lost every game for about a year. And then you start questioning yourself. You're saying, oh, I'll, Look what I'm doing on when I'm practicing with him and the encouragement he gives me and what I'm doing behind closed doors. But when I'm here, I'm struggling like no one's business. And then all of a sudden, things started clicking into place. Like Darren always said to me, oh, "You've got five years." I was like, "Right, five years? I was wanted it in the year." Like that was my mindset. I said, five years? That's too long. I want it now." And then. Um, yeah, that's, that's obviously I, I kept that five-year plan, like he said, and like my manager said, he, he, I end up with a management under because of Darren, and um, yeah, that was the five-year plan, and three years down the line, I'm, it was almost like, oh wow, I'm, I'm seeing the progress I've made, I'm seeing what I'm doing on the board, and yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the ball by, by its horns this year, and lucky enough, it's paid, paid off. Certainly has. I mean, what has the plan been revised then? You, you finished that one two years ahead of schedule. What's the next five-year plan? I don't really tell people my actual my end goal. Um, 
I have my baby steps. Obviously, I want to be in the Players' Championship this year. I want to be in the Worlds this year. Like I said, I don't think it's out of reach for myself. I've proven it already on in the what the five, six events I've played on the Pro Tour so far. I'm able to push the boys. I'm, I'm doing well on that. It's just like it's fine margins. But again, people see on Dark Connect like you lose this game, but they're not seeing the fine margin that you're losing by or the darts that are clicking the wire or. So, like I say, I, I, I don't think the Players' Championship or the Worlds is out of reach for myself. I know the, I know the game's there. I spoke to Peter, yes, Peter Wright yesterday and he, he praised me and I was like, wow, like an ex-world champion and world number three praising you and saying that you've got the talent there and that. It's just like, so obviously that's that's my baby steps, just do that. But obviously the end goal for any that player, I think, is to be a world champion. Is, I don't understand why you'd be if that's not your end goal. I wanted to ask you, I mean, I'd seen the dart shirts you were in at Q School. Main man, like it, lion. Yeah, I mean, you're ticking some various boxes. One of the other things you had on there was the semicolon thing, which is a mental health icon as well. Anybody who doesn't know, can you explain what that's about? Yeah, the semicolon is basically for the mental health. I wear that in support of it it's for the people that suffered. I know people that died from it, like, or suicide. And that's the main reason, to try and open up more people's eyes, like... I've spoken to numerous people on social media and friends and whatever about it and just to really open up people's eyes that it's not it's not a fashion statement the mental health is not not a fashion statement by no means it's 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 real it's um you see loads of people suffering from it not don't matter what walks of life you've been in you could be you see famous people suffering mental health it needs to be more spoken about and in a serious light I mean, there's any number of, of good causes that people with a platform choose to highlight. Is mental health and mental health issues one that's particularly personal to you then, Jack? Yeah, um, we have bad days, we have good days, we have a couple of bad weeks, and they're just natural emotions. Like it's, it's when it digs a little bit deeper where you have those demons in your closet every single day, like waking up becomes an issue, like... Yes, it's a hard one to speak about. Like people like myself and the odd body on the street or whatever, they they they're not heard. They're like they're they're going through all these emotions and that, but they they're not heard. They're not taken serious. They're and like I say, if you become successful, you're able to not only promote promote whatever you're. The, say for instance, mental health. Like you, you can speak deeply about it, and people are like wow, he knows what he's talking about. Like he's wanting to help, and people. People start listening to you. Look at Marcus Rash- Rashford, for instance. He's, what he's doing is amazing, but he's used his power of his professionalism and his his fame to open up people's eyes and look look what he is doing. So that gives you that extra fight to go that extra, well, that little bit further. So I, I think anybody who's, who's aware of what the the semicolon symbol is about, they'll they'll understand exactly what you're talking about. Um, to bring it back to to your whole darts thing and football because that's where we started if you could trade winning a major title in darts for playing a whole season for Arsenal in the Premier League which one would it be? That's a tough one like I say because I'm now in this sport now it's just like I try not looking back so obviously because I'm playing darts now it's, it's, it's a two different sports as well like where 
I could play a whole season with Arsenal and be with another 22 players. Like, this is a single sport. This is down to yourself. Like, to know if I want to major in a PDC, you've done it from your own back. Like, this is yourself. Like, there's more of a self-achievement, whereas if I played football for Arsenal, obviously there's self-achievement. You've helped the squads win a total, have a full season with them. But it's... it's a very tough one. Like, I love the sports bits, but it probably would be that self-achievement, being selfish just to win a PDC title. Because I, like, it seems like, again, this work goes a little bit deeper. It's, a lot of my family now take a bigger interest now on doing this to, than I would if I was playing football. Obviously, they supported me throughout football and that, but I think darts is a more wider sport for my family. Like they, they support me they try and travel wherever I am to come watch me and it brings them closer as well so obviously that, 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 that side of things cut a little bit deeper for me so to see them see me become successful that would be the the main one for me I think obviously to play for Arsenal would be a dream come true but you can't I, I try not looking back on that so sod the gunners that's what you're saying yeah at the moment they can but. <laughs> I saw, and it's great your family supporting you in the darts and everything but I'll just buy him a Darren Webster hat and they'll support him that's how it works isn't it no 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 <laughs> <laughs> alright well I'm still looking into getting the Darren Webster hat Jack thank you very much for speaking to us thank you very much cheers Right, well, first things first, uh, if you are interested in any of the things mentioned in that chat regarding mental health, you can hear how difficult it was for Jack at times to speak about it, then do check the links in the description of this podcast for more info on things like the Semicolon Project, uh, or just any help or information that you might need. Um, Wayne, the thing that made me... I'm just fascinated by people who, who do one sport and then move to another. It's one thing, like, if you're if you're going price... And look, your time in in one sport has sort of naturally come to an end. But when you are robbed of it, like Jack was, his knees basically exploding. I mean, if you'd been robbed of the opportunity to play darts when you were a young darts wunderkind, do you think you'd have been able to turn your hand to another sport and reach somewhere near the top? Uh, No, I I don't know. I've never had that that physical kind of uh, athletic prowess that Mm. that Jack Jack has. I, I, I do. I've got a bit of admiration for him. I've got to say, he's, he's still only young, 24. But I, I like the fact that I, I want to work harder. Uh, uh, mm. Working harder than anyone uh, give, gives him kind of that that mental uh, belief and, and strength, really. Uh, the only thing that I, I can honestly say that when he, when he mentioned... Uh, playing for for Norwich and everything, and it's kind of who do you support? And he said Arsenal. Do you know what, Dan? I, I just stopped. Li- I, just, I stopped listening. I just stopped listening. I, no respect for him at all. No, it, yeah. it went. It no joke. Joking aside, I, the work ethic is clearly there, and he described himself. Uh, this is bear, bear in mind. It, it, these were jobs that he was doing, kind of uh, at the age of nineteen, twenty, and he. he he said he, he called himself a bit of a ducker and diver. And he said, yeah. like, hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> this is what people in their 50s do to make ends meet. What's going on? <laughs> I, I mean, fair play to... I, I love the fact that we've, you know, we've said it before, we've had lift engineers and tyre fitters and all sorts of yeah. stuff working in this game coming on this podcast. But 
Jack appears to have done most most jobs, you know, low-paid yeah. jobs you can think of, including working at KFC yeah. and cleaning bins. But I was just digging through his stats when he, he said, like, oh, yeah, I probably didn't win a game for a year. I mean, he's not far wrong. 2016, he had seven development tour events he went in, didn't win a pound. The following year, he played 16 yeah. of them. He won 400 quid, so he's not going to be on the last 32 in any of them. He played yeah. more than 50 events in 2018. And he didn't reach the quarterfinal yeah. event. I mean, he won less than a grand and then a, a few hundred quid for being in the World Youth Championship as well. But, I mean, that that is... It is slow, slow progress. It's not come so quickly to him like it did, you know, a Gary Anderson-type yeah. player. Or even, even you know, yeah. Gerwin Price. Gerwin Price walked into Q School after not playing darts for very long. And you could see him getting better and better every single year. I mean, progress, yeah. as long as it's progress, is, is is enough, isn't it? It doesn't matter how quickly that progress is going along. No, th- th- I, I agree. We, we see it so often. I'm, I'm going to just say uh, Rob Cross. Rob Cross uh, plays one year on the, on the Challenge Tour, uh, annihilates them, plays on the, the, the main tour, annihilates them, becomes world champ and... Within, I think, well, was was it with in under a year it become world champ from being on the main tour? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. First year, it, it's year. A, it's astonishing. But I'm, uh, I've, I've, I've uh, now come across Darts Oracle. I don't know if you've, you've yes, you follow yes, him I on have Twitter. Yeah. Well, the the in depth uh, analysis and stats and everything, and I was just looking up Jack and. He's been playing in the in the PDC event since eighteen, uh, or seventeen eighteen, where he was averaging seventy six. He's now averaging eighty eight. Mm. Now, eighty eight. If you average that every single game, I tell you, who you turn into you turn into a Danny Baggish. You turn into a Matt Edgar, and that's mm-hmm. someone or people that that can win. They could, they they're not winning events, but they can win matches. And Ooh, once Matt you Edgar start says, doing he that, he calls himself the standard bearer for PDC. That is the standard that you have to reach if you want yes. to be a regular on the tour. And Jack Main looks to have got, and he's not won many yeah. games so far this year. He's lost to Peter Wright three times in first and second round games. Yeah. So I mean, he's not exactly had you know great draws. But yeah, it no. is. It, it's progress, isn't it? I mean, you probably found yeah. it all very easy, didn't you? Because you were you were very successful from a very young age. I mean, did it? When was the point? Was there any point on your way to the top, say, eight in the world in the PDC, Wayne, where your career was not always on an upward trajectory? Did it stall or did it stop or even go down at any point? Yeah, it, it stalled when when I kind of I was with the BDO and I should. I should have left the BDO in the year 2000. That's what I should have done. But I left in 2000 and August 2002. And whilst that, that doesn't seem a long period, uh, within that BDO uh, time frame, I only played in two televised events. Mm. That was two world championships. I could have played in, in a dozen PDC events. And I'm not, I've, I've said it time and time again, so this isn't new. I believe then I was probably uh, within the, the top two or three of the world. And you can include Taylor, you can include them all. Mm-hmm. I was on the up to some tune. I joined the PDC. I got within the top five within a couple of, well, within about uh, six, seven, eight months. And, and I stayed there for a while. But no, I, I didn't stall at all, apart from that point of when I decided to leave the BDO. Cause I just didn't play. 
Mm. I just didn't play. And when I was playing, when I was playing, I was reaching semi-finals of worlds and I was winning uh, ranking events. Uh, and and there was nothing to play in. But I I didn't have it difficult. I I knew that I was on the upward curve because I was better than the rest, and or most of of the rest. But I love the fact that, that Jack has played to uh, call it professional level of another sport. The man's clearly talented. He's got, he's got a, uh, a, a work ethic that, that we can all kind of take on board and good luck to him. Good luck to him. Let's hope it all works out. Absolutely. Well, look, congratulations to Jack for getting on the tour. But as Wayne always says, now is when the hard work really starts. But it does look like that man at least has the stomach for the fight. I'm pranks and lovely and I'm feeling good. Cool as a cucumber. I'm dedicated. I'm playing all right at the minute. I do everything by the book. I'm pranks and lovely. I'm missing the thing. Lovely. If you do everything right, you can't lose when you go up there. And then you start getting the old bum nip, don't you? Get up there and throw a lot of spanner. Rough as a radish, mate. I actually play a lot of pleb. And that's what plebs get, mate. You sit there and I'm going on. Right, Wayne, you see the big news a few days ago about Dutch players being approached to try and fix games or throw matches. I mean, what did you make of it? Because I have asked, I keep hitting a brick wall, because I want to speak to Vessel Nyman, who is currently serving a ban. Uh, for throwing a game during the yeah. whole Modus League. Um, and I keep hitting a brick yeah. wall with that. Um, what did you make of right. this news that a number, half a dozen Dutch players, apparently, have, have been approached, and we should make it clear, have had no part in, in throwing matches, yes. but at least the interest was there? Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. good point to make, that, that they've, they've not been any part of it, but they've, they've been approached. If I'm honest, that maybe I'm a bit naive here maybe i've got my head in the sand i didn't think uh up until uh vessel nyman and carl mckinstry got got kind of penalized if you will for for breaking the rules and rightfully so you can't be doing that mm-hmm. uh I, I didn't realize it, it was such a problem but what i did think was that these uh lower ranked uh lower earners within within life Forget, forget sport within life. Uh, if they if they think they can earn a quick buck, then they're going to take chances. Hmm. But the problem with professional darts is that you take that chance once, and that's it. You you can you can in a way for forego your whole career because of what you're going to earn, a couple of grand. And Michael Van Gogh spoke out, didn't he? He spoke out and said, what can they offer me? 50, 60, 70 grand. He said, oh, that, that, that's just no good. Uh, they they go for these, they go for these uh, low earners because they know they can buy them. Mm. They they can't, they, they, they leave the big hitters alone. I just, I just wish that they would leave everyone alone, but I don't like the way that they start off. When I say they, I'm on about these people, Dan, they, they start off befriending these youngsters, these teenagers, these these people that they know are short of cash, and say, "Let me be your manager." And they they take them under their wing, and then they hit them with it. And I I, I don't like it. And if I'm honest, I didn't realise it was that much of a problem. So I feel like I've 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 been bury my head in the sand a little. Well, that's an interesting point because, I mean, we, we, you, did you ever have any approaches made to you during your professional career? Ever? 
Yes, yes. You did? Once. Once. Yes. When, how how U- far back are we going? It, I was playing in a UK Open game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going back 2005. Uh, a person who I've seen since quite a lot, actually, mm-hmm. uh, offered me offered me 5,000 to lose the game. What did you do? Uh, well, uh, I said the wrong thing, uh, but at the time it was just a case of uh, go away. It was if you offer me if you offer me five hundred thousand, then then we 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 can speak. Right. And I wouldn't have done that. Of no. course, I wouldn't have done that because that would have been my career over. But what I was getting at was that this guy was trying to buy me, and who knows what happens from here. Who knows if he if he then starts to to blackmail me after? Who knows what what goes on from there? I, I I have no idea, but at the time it was like don't don't be ridiculous. Go go and pester someone else. And do you know what? I, I, whether they did or not, I I don't know. I don't. Did you know, report but... it or anything at the time, or did you just dismiss that and say I've told no. him to sod off? Uh, that's the end of that, and no. you never heard any more of it. No, I didn't report it. That was that was wrong. Uh, the, the PDPA now know that there's a massive problem and they have to they have to get on top of it. And I didn't I didn't do anything about it apart from uh really take the the take the, the Mickey out of the situation. Five grand? Five <laughs> grand? What am I gonna do with five grand? And it's easy to laugh about it kind of now, but at the time uh at the time I don't think I realised the seriousness of it. And I certainly mm. do now. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I was I, I was there at the Super Series, and the PDPA had made a big point of putting up all their various banners, urging players to contact them and report any instances. And I think that's that's perhaps the main thing to take away from this this Dutch media report is that yeah. all of these players have actually done that. They have come forward and said. Yeah that this this happened, they've been open and honest about it, and that's the way it'll flush it out. Because ultimately, look, we know, we, we've seen players banned for long, long periods because the bookies can pick up on this. They spot when yes. large amounts of money are wagered here and there in unnatural yeah. Yeah. betting patterns. They can spot it after the of fact. Course. Obviously, you want to stop these things happening before they start, which is where the PDPA yeah. and things like that come in. And I understand they yeah. have been doing lots of work, and it's not just sticking up posters. They, I think one of the reasons that we're not able to speak to Vessel Nyman at the minute is because he is doing, you know, he's he's set to do some educational stuff because there are a lot of young okay. players coming into the game, and they are going to be, as you say, the the most likely targets for yeah. this sort of thing. It's the ones who who yeah. aren't aren't earning huge money. If you're Daryl Gurney, if you're Michael Van Gerwen and you're earning you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pounds a year, then obviously it's going to be very difficult for some shitbag bloke trying to fix a game say, yeah. to throw yeah. money at you. You're going to have to throw enormous amounts of money yeah. to even make them think about it. And they, they know which side of their bread is buttered, so they're not going to do it anyway. But if you're struggling yeah. to get by, that's when you become more vulnerable. And that's why there needs to be support there for all these guys and advice and warnings and help. So I'm hoping that at least, although it's this is an unsavoury thing, um, in a sport which, let's remember, 2017, darts was admittedly in a public vote, and we know they tend to be rather meaningless, but darts was viewed by the UK public as the sport with the highest integrity 
in in the country yes. in any sport. I mean, I yes. know it's going up against yes. like boxing and horse racing, which is not exactly a bed of roses when it comes to integrity. But still, and I think it was just after the FIFA corruption, like they just awarded the World Cup to Qatar. So, you know, I mean, look, you, congratulations, Arts. You won a you won a tournament being the tallest dwarf, but but you still won it. That's, That's the brilliant. main thing. Um, and so, yeah, this this is. <laughs> This is, this oh, is obviously concerning that it's going on, but I'm hoping that is at least at least it is good news that all these guys yeah. reported it, and hopefully it encourages everybody else to do the same. Um, speaking of Dutch yeah. darts players and a completely different uh, tack, I want to take this. Moving away from that particular topic, Michael Van Gerwen will he win a big TV title this year? We should have talked about this earlier on because Peter Wright said he won't, and now I don't know yeah. if it's Peter Wright doing one of his. I'm just going to say something in an interview because mm. I think it will be amusing to me or I'm going to say it slightly tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I did the interview, so he said it, but he doesn't yes. think that Michael Van Gogh and win a big TV title this year. Do you think that Peter Wright is correct in that in that statement, Wayne? Uh, no, no, I don't. No, no. I think you have to go back to, uh, what is it, 1937 when Michael Van Gogh didn't win a... a tournament in a yeah but wasn't that year. the same uh, year oh. where michael van Gogh hadn't won any title of any sort by about may which is what's happening this year yeah yeah that's 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 right but look i i i, I think this is quite interesting because peter Wright. I, I don't know i don't know what it is maybe it's nothing maybe i'm i'm looking i'm looking behind the wallpaper and there's there's absolutely no need he mentions Michael Van Gerwen a lot when Michael Van Gerwen is not even in the, the conversation. Mm. He somehow brings his name up. It's like uh, I can imagine I can imagine Peter Wright just just sitting there on on the settee watching Antiques Roadshow with Joe and uh, Peter. W- would you like a tea? And it would be uh, yes, please, Michael. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry, yes, please, Joe. Joe. I just see I. I'll have an MVG tips. Th- PG tips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, PG tips. Yeah. Yeah. He just seems to think of him a lot. And I I don't I don't know why. Well, yeah, you I, would I, think I of him a lot. Why. If if he'd spent years beating you into submission in major finals and Euro Till finals over and over and over again. Now, this is this is revenge time for Peter Wright, isn't it? Make hay while the sun shines. Right. This is the one time in best part of a decade where MVG has looked vulnerable. Put the boot in. Mrs. Mardle and I have never been in a uh, a, a friend a frenzied clinch, and I've called her Phil. Look, <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, no I, I get it. I, I kind of get it a bit, but no, I I I just think he's trying to a bit like changing the darts and all this. He's trying to somehow psych everyone else out. But he does it himself. I I I don't get it. I don't no. get it. Why would you Why would you say the most prolific winner uh, in the world of darts over the last eight years is not going to win an event? Uh, just just a a solitary event. I, I don't even know how many how many TV events there are now because they. It's a difficult one for this year anyway. So well, he only won look, one he might last be year, right. didn't he? And it was the penultimate um, one of the year. Yeah, no, oh, no, it's two. No, yeah, the UK right. Open as well, didn't he? And he's just lost oh, the, the UK, UK Open. Open as well. Yeah, and he's just lost that one. So, I mean, ultimately, it unless right he wins one something that he was unable to win last year, or 
he retains the Players' Championship final finals where he only won the final in a last leg decider in a final, which I think he should have lost anyway, then Peter yeah. Wright might... Well, he is going to be absolutely right. And I, I think well, I think there's some... Me- I just don't think it's as ridiculous a statement as some of the things. Peter Wright at times no. has said in interviews... <laughs> Like, oh, I've, yeah, Van Gogh, I'm going to smash him up. He'll be lucky to win a set. He'll yeah. be lucky to win a leg off me. Yeah. And you know, he's sticking his tongue in his cheek and he's going, look, I know he's giving me a hiding over and over again. It's just a bit of a joke. And various you know, sections of the media and darts media, yeah. people online, make too much of it. It's just a throwaway comment. This did feel a little bit different, but I also think that this has far more credibility than some of the other statements that he's made in the past. Look. I'm not saying it. I don't think it's a ridiculous thing for him to say. I, I really mm. don't. You and just maybe he actually believes it. I, I don't. I just. I just disagree. I just think Michael's going to nick one, maybe two, uh, maybe three. I don't know. What I will Can say, you nick what I will three say major titles. <laughs> just, I've just well, snuck Michael in can. and had three Michael, major my, wins in a year. Yeah, my yeah. Fair point. Okay, win. Yeah, yeah, win. <laughs> it, look, it. it yeah, he he nicked. He he, he he can nick anything. But I, look, he might be right. He might be right. But I still believe he's saying it with that little that little kind of internal grin, thinking, "Oh, Michael's gonna Michael's gonna text me." I, I know he is. I know he is. But I I just don't believe him. I don't believe that that Wright believes what he said. I just wow. don't. Well, and, and you're entitled to that belief, Wayne Mardle, as Peter Wright is entitled to his. You're also entitled to turn off and stop listening, which I imagine many of you have done already. But we will be back next week. I'm really hoping we can do a couple and we'll split our Premier League preview into two parts and get a couple of guests on for you. Um, any any requests for who to speak to next week, Wayne? I mean, bearing in mind, I'm going to ignore them entirely and just get who I want. Uh no, we, we mentioned Mark McGeaney, but yeah. he's not in the Premier League, is he? No, I mean, we probably, well, I don't think we're going to limit ourselves to just Premier League players. We'll figure well, out. I'll tell you what, I'd love to listen to Mark. I'd love to yeah. listen to Mark. So Let's I'd, see if we can get Mark McGeaney uh, on. He's, for talk, one of them. he's talking about putting on weight. <laughs> a dark player talking about putting on weight. Yeah, on that's what weight. we like. That's what we like. This sounds like this sort of good darts podcast fodder uh, we enjoy. Um, of course, the PDC Picks app will return uh, for the Premier League. There'll be loads of opportunities, uh, loads more markets as well uh, to win cash prizes in free-to-enter tournaments. You might have been doing it all the way through the Super Series. If you were and you were listening to Wayne Mardle, then you got absolutely hammered. But if you were listening to me and back in going price... <laughs> You might have won some stuff. Uh, remember, if you are playing on the PDC Picks app, you've got to be 18 years old, resident in the UK. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, please gamble responsibly. If you don't, then I had something in my head earlier and now I've forgotten it, but I'll paste it in later on and it'll sound absolutely seamless. Uh, and if you're a friend of problem with gambling, visit BeGamblerWare.org. Damn it, what the fuck was I going to say? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, that was it. God that damn was it. it. Oh, something about Rod Hull and Emu. Oh, well. <laughs>